Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth. With your host, Angelo Ponzi. I am Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe, and thank you for joining me today. Listen up. I've got a story to tell you. Now, I have to admit, this was a a few years back, and I, I was a little nervous. Well, actually, I was a lot nervous. I was staring at a group of over 300 people who came to hear me speak on the topic of action sports. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I was involved in the action sports industry for about 13 years. Now, you might be wondering, he doesn't look like the guy that's a skateboarder or a snowboarder or a surfer or a mountain biker. And frankly, I'm not. But what I was is a market researcher. I had an opportunity to work with Pacific Sunwear for about nine years and got exposed to the world of action sports and met guys like Bob Hurley and, and, and Bob McKnight at Quicksilver. And one of the things I used to hear them say is, I wish there was more information in the action sports industry. Being a great marketer that I think I am, I decided to capitalize on that insight and created a company called BoardTrack and launched it. And for the first time, in over 10 years, research was going to be used to paint a picture of the action sports industry, or rather, tell a story. Now, more importantly, I was about to introduce this company. Now, of course, I was very excited and, and about the story I was about to be told. It was really a, in a cottage industry. It was booming like crazy, and it was really hot. And one of the things that I, I was concerned about, of course, was standing in front of these folks that grew up in the industry, that they were there, they, they lived it, they breathed it. And here I was a kid from upstate New York that, that frankly didn't do any of that stuff. And now here I was in, in Southern California with an idea and a concept and a lot of great information. And I was about ready to stand up in front of them at the largest trade show in the industry at the time, the Actions, uh, Action uh, Sports Retailer Show down in uh, San Diego. And there I was standing in front of these 300 people and I kept thinking, yeah, they're here to hear me speak and hear these facts. But then I had started thinking in the back of my mind as I was starting to get nervous. It was the first time they had ever had a speaker and they offered a free lunch. So was it the lunch or was it the information I was about to give them? So I was a little scared, especially as I looked out over the audience and saw the skeptics, the non-believers, the naysayers that questioned whether their customers could possibly be identified through market research. After all, they skated. They had a skate team. And that's all they needed. I had five people. They skated for me. What do I care what a thousand people across the country are saying about skateboarding? So my question became then, was it possible for me to tell the story about my company, about myself and about my findings to build trust and confidence in this group of folks that I was staring at that truly were the authenticity of the sports industry? And how was I going to tell them about how to get greater insights into their business. And I knew I needed to tell them a story. Now, if you think about storytelling, and, and you've heard these, uh, we've talked about this, I've had guests that talked about it, but storytelling, if you really think about it, can be found throughout history in every culture around the world. The art of storytelling is certainly not new and has been used to recite tales of great heroes and, and villains. Now, storytelling has been used to shape and redefine events, to persuade people to change outcomes in history. Even Julius Caesar famously said that the victor told the story. Now, storytelling evolved in a way to ensure that history was handed down from generation to generation. So historical events were retold over and over to educate and entertain the audience. 
So when you think about storytelling, don't think in the terms of once upon a time, but instead, what are the story that you're trying to communicate? When you think about that presentation of your brand to the marketplace or that 110-page report that you just developed after weeks of market research and you need to think about your audience and how you're going to present that information, whether really whether it's a TV commercial, a PowerPoint, what's going to persuade them and motivate them to take action? Now, persuasion requires that we dis distinguish our message from other messages to which our audience is being exposed, to provide them with information they are unable to get anywhere else in a meaningful way. Great business leaders such as uh, Stephen Jobs and Jack Welch understood how to use stories when talking about their companies or products. Advertising also embraces the impact of storytelling. Think about the conquering heroes of the Red Bull commercials, right? Got wing commercials or in how an entire generation embraced Pepsi. Now, there are a lot of ways to approach telling a story. I'll talk about some of those ways and hopefully entertain you in the process as we continue through today's episode. And hopefully when you're done, you'll go and tell your cohorts and your colleagues and your family and friends a story as well. Maybe about my story. When I was previewing my presentation to the action sports industry, I, I had put together these great slides. My words, no one else's, trust me, these stacked slides that told a great story. They contained everything I wanted to say in only a few slides. And unfortunately, but thankfully, it was pointed out to me uh, prior to actually the presentation, I was out testing the presentation because obviously I was really nervous and the slides were, un were very complicated. They were unclear that my practice audience said, hey, great story, but you lost me, you know, in the first few slides. I just didn't understand what you were trying to communicate because I was looking at the visuals and listening to you. So the lesson that I learned was that it doesn't matter if it's a movie, a play, a book, or a presentation to the board. Keep it simple and keep it focused. Identify a simple yet strong premise of the story you want to tell. Why strong premise? That's easy because most often the premise is the story in the message. Once you have your press, <clears throat> once you have your premise, think of it as a clothesline. Think of it as a clothesline on which you'll hang the elements of your story to get from beginning to end, right? The clothesline concept really is rooted in entertainment in the entertainment industry. And it was from an interview conducted by a company I worked with called Phase One Communications, which provides market analysis and market research. And was a writer named Jack Seward. It's since become one of the core principles of, of the phase one analytics, and, and that's another story. But the clothesline ideal illustrates the importance of sticking to the premise, for example. Everything on the clothesline is working towards the same goal. You know where the clothesline begins and where it ends. Nothing is hidden on the clothesline. Too many clothes or ideas clutter the clothesline, and there's only one clothesline to follow. Right, So it's really important that we're looking at the messages and how you're communicating those. Now, keep in mind the ultimate objective, of course, is to have your audience walk away with that premise, your message in their memory. And the goal of a well-constructed story is to provide or fulfill that premise. Now, when considering memory, we're going to get into talking about short-term and long-term memory. The first, of course, is short-term memory or, or active memory. How do you get that message into the short-term memory and not get it confused with other ideas, right? That's where you keep it simple. Keep those messages simple in order to get it into that short-term memory. But the second step of this, of course, is to look at your audience's long-term memory. How do you trigger? What are those triggers to make sure that that message is recalled 
And really, the key to that is making the message relevant to your audience. So in your story, you need to make sure your message is relevant and your message is simple to understand. So when considering marketing communications, for example, another aspect of memory is to consider how your audience will recall that message and retrieve it from their long-term memory, as I just said. Another component of storytelling, of course, that will help boost recall is that relevancy. Why should they care? What is the impact does it have on them and their business and their lives? And this applies regardless to the medium of whatever you're using to tell your story. Now, my marketing agency at one point in time was hired to help reposition a wine brand. Now, the average price of the brand had been around for a the average price wine brand had been around for a while, but now it was owned by a large multinational company, and they had begun sourcing their grapes from uh, the Central Coast here in, in California, which presented them with an opportunity to reposition the brand. We thought that made an opportunity for a new story. Now, there were a few competitors that offered uh, this coastal variety for their portfolios, but nobody claimed coastal. So we were able to look at that as an opportunity to position the whole brand as coastal. Now, the creative seemed pretty simple, show lots of coastlines, reinforce the new positioning. But what we found in a series of focus groups across the country that visually coast to coast or coastal meant something very different to the people on each side of the coast. And of course, then you get into the Great Lakes and areas like that. So the word coastal didn't mean the same to everybody else. In fact, we determined that if we had run with that campaign and told that story, which might have been a great story to tell, it would have not have been relevant to the majority of the audience we were trying to reach. Now, so what did we do? As a conversation starter during the research, one of the questions we asked is, what do you do when you drink wine? When do you do it? And on what occasion? What it meant to the participants was really talking about the mood they were in, when the experiences when they were drinking wine. And that really led to an interesting discussion of how could we capitalize on the behaviors of the consumers when they were drinking wine. And so that led us to the stories that we wanted to tell. To tell. We wanted to make drinking wine not only visual, but really to make that emotional connection, to make sure that we were telling a story that was relevant to them at the time they really wanted to have their glass of wine. And what we did is we also gave them permission, if you will, to drink wine whenever they really wanted to. Because one of the things that we typically we found in our market research was people were drinking wine at dinner or for special occasions or bringing it as gifts. Now, wine really has become part of an everyday life, and that's what we were really trying to get. So one of the things we did, we, we showed the context of taking bubble baths and reading books and watching television, washing the dog, swinging in a hammock, those kinds of things, and really defined coastal uh, as a, a mnemonic of coastal standard time. So in other words, you could have a glass of wine whenever it was coastal standard time, which happened to be any time. Now, we are entertaining. We involved the audience emotionally in our story and made the brand relevant. So we really crafted that story that we wanted to tell about the brand. But more importantly, we engaged it in the lives. We made it relevant to the lives of the people we were talking to. So it wasn't just about our story. It was their story. And that's the point I'm trying to make here, making it relevant, making it simple and easy to understand and digest and recall when they're standing in front of the wall of wine ready to pick a bottle of wine to drink. It's the one that comes out of their long-term memory into their short-term memory to buy that bottle that happens to be your brand. Now, tying back all this to storytelling principles, you know, we had a plot, we had characters, our audience, the setting that were believable and compelling. 
we were able to distinguish our messages from other messages by taking this approach and delivering what was relevant and personal. Now, another situation I think about storytelling is that presentation to the board. I call this only five slides to tell your story. A story you might find then familiar is I was, again, working actually with another wine brand in the industry, and we were conducting the semi-annual tracking study. And my job was to do that research and compile the report. Now, my 109-page report was brilliant as far as I was concerned. It sliced and diced the information, a lot of segmentation by gender and usage and relevancy to advertising, to those who were aware of the brand, those who were just being exposed to the brand. Frankly, I was, I was pretty pleased with the outcome. Now it was time to present to the C-suite. And my day-to-day contact rang me up and said, we need to shorten that presentation to 15 slides. I'm sorry, what? That's right to 15 slides. Then she came back and said, well, actually we need to shorten it to five slides. It's like, oh, you've got your, come on, you're kidding me, right? Nope. So everybody, if you're listening, who's been in that situation, say it with me. Ah, I can't believe this. So I know you've been there and I know to trim a report from 109 pages to five is a big challenge. Many of us tend to write our presentations like a report. We use PowerPoint to write in that report format, and therefore, that's the report, that's the presentation, and that's the mindset. And we need to change that. Your job is to present those ideas to help your audience understand those ideas. So back to the action sports area with my stack slides, for example, I thought it did a great job in communicating but it was confusing to my audience. It wasn't relevant and it was not easy to digest. Your job is to persuade them to change their minds based on the ideas or motivate them to take action, right? Your presentation, not the technology that you use, become the canvas, really your scripts, your stage, and ultimately the story you tell. Now, every one of us is impacted by the stories told by brands. In fact, each day we make brand choices hundreds of times a day. And in most cases, we don't even think about it. While the reasons we make those choices are vary, brand choices are, are part of our everyday decision. So what does a brand stand for and what is its story? Think of Pepsi, Chevy, Coke, Volvo, Virgin America. I bet when you heard me say those words, it conjured up an image or a feeling about that brand. So the goal of brands then is to become more integral part of your customers' personal lives or their business lives. If your story fits into their lives and provides them with a solution to their needs, then your customers, then you, frankly, you have customers for life. But keep in mind, while many companies have been successful in their abilities to tell their stories, many fail to make those stories relevant to their customers. Now, you've heard me say that word relevancy so many times now. It's about what's relevant to them, that's what, not what's relevant to you. So many times as a consultant, I work with companies who are very inwardly focused, and you need to be outwardly focused, really customer-centric in the way you're thinking about how you're crafting these messages. So building compelling strategies and messaging platforms require that you truly know the product, the audience, and the competition. Now, developing your stories involves getting the right messages to the right audiences, the right time, and the right channels as they're making their decisions and moving down through the buyer's journey. Now, sometimes these are defined by you, such as presentations. Other times require you to understand the power of each channel that you're communicating in, right? It's not a one-size-fits-all. If you've listened to this show, you know I talk about there is no silver bullet in marketing. 
Now, there's only silver bullets if you're killing werewolves or you are the Lone Ranger, which I'm sure none of that is actually happening. So you really have to understand your customer and how they're consuming information in each one of those channels. As we discussed earlier, your premise is often your message designed to motivate or change attitude or behaviors. Be concise and simple as your premise encompasses the heart of the story that you're trying to tell, and it serves as the clothesline. Now, your job is to present those ideas and to help your audience understand those ideas. Your job is to persuade them to change their minds based on those ideas and to motivate them to take action. From the beginning to the end, if you think about it, the idea of storytelling. From the digital age, storytelling has been an important aspect of everyone's life. As a caveman stood in front of the fire, pointing and grunting and telling of the story of his recent hunt, to the suit at the local watering hole, telling her colleagues about the killer presentation she just made to the CEO, storytelling has and will continue to be an important part of our life. I hope a few of these ideas presented here today will give you pause when you're sitting back and crafting your next marketing presentations, your sales forecasts, your HR needs, your brand strategy documents for your organization to start telling your team, I remember back in. Now, what happened that day many years ago when I was standing in front of that group of the action sports industry, you ask? Twelve years later, with more than 50 conference presentations, hundreds of articles, and multiple consulting gigs, the company evolved to be the leading provider of research in the action sports industry. Prior to stepping away from the company, I was named one of the game changers in the action sports industry in a book called X-Play Nation. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you again for listening today, and thank you for joining me at the cafe. You can find out more about me, read my blogs, view my show videos, and sign up to receive more information about the Ponzi Group at theponzigroup.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if your business is ready for growth and you need a CMO but not quite ready for a full-time person yet, connect with me. I welcome the opportunity to explore the benefits of using a fractional CMO. Lastly, please subscribe, or if you're already a subscriber, I encourage you to ask others to subscribe to get the benefits of this content. You can go to the businessgrowthcafe.com or on any major podcast platform. Join me next week for lunch at the Business Growth Cafe. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.